Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. And so I'm reaching out to the church today. I'm pleading with the church today to stretch yourself a little bit. Because if there has ever been a time, Brother Bishop, where we needed direction, it is right now. If there's ever been a time where we needed to be spirit-led, it's right now. If there's ever been a time where we needed to hear the voice of God, it's now. I don't know about you, but if COVID has taught us anything, it's that we shouldn't take for granted the times that we have, the privilege that it is to gather in this place and hear the preached word of God. What a privilege it is because this is an opportunity to hear his voice. What a wonderful presence of the Lord is in this place today great service we had at the 9 a.m. and as always we expect nothing less amen when Jesus is in the building we should always have great expectation I said when Jesus is in the building we should always have great expectation and Jesus is here he's here and he has a word for us amen we're gonna let our Sunday school class uh, we're gonna let them go at this time They are dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless our Sunday school teachers. What an exciting time this is for our children uh, to be in the classroom setting again. I know my kids are thrilled to come home with two suckers in hands. No, I'm just kidding. They just get one. My kids don't get any above the rest. They get one. But uh, we were laughing the other day. Easton, or no, Bennett, he is like like a professional uh, when it comes to the art of having a sucker. He absolutely loves suckers, and he discovered some at our home the other day, and, and so he said, you can have one, but there were still more left on the table, so we, he said, can I have a sucker, and we gave him the one, and then when he's done, he's like, I just want one sucker. It's like, you just had the one sucker, but in his mind, he's like, no, there's another. There's another one playing up. Amen. But we're thankful for our Sunday school teachers and everything that they do. And just we're thankful to kind of get back to a, a little bit of a normalcy by having that. Of course, it's still safe, socially distanced. We're doing the right things, but it's just exciting that we're able to offer that again. So God bless our Sunday school teachers and thank you for all that you do. Matthew 13, if you go there with me, Matthew chapter 13. We're going to begin at verse number 10. The Bible says, Matthew 13 and 10, And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. Amen. I want to talk to us just for the next little bit from this title, Stolen Seed. 
stolen seed. Would you help me pray right now? I want the Lord to have his way in this place. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. Uh, what a privilege it is to gather in your house, in your presence, God. I'm asking you right now to anoint your word as it goes forth today. God, I pray that we would be receptive of it. God, help us to hear and understand, God, what it is you're trying to speak to us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I was greeting someone coming into this service uh, just a few minutes ago, and I said, well, hello there, second shift. So you guys are the second shift workers, but hey, it's all equal pay in the house of God, right? <laughs> Amen. You know, I've, uh, I was telling the 9 a.m., I've, I've always been fascinated with, uh, with flying. There's something so uh, magical about just the fact that we are able to, um, to do this, to have this ability. Anybody ever flown before? Anybody flown multiple times? Some about the same amount of hands. So the first flight didn't really flighten you. That's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, my first time ever flying was with uh, Brother Adams, former pastor of this church, and I was doing some work around his house, and we got in a conversation about flying. Little did I know he was a pilot, and literally when I said I have never flown before, I kid you not, 10 minutes later, we were in the air. 10 minutes later, we were in the air. Could have been a goner. You know, I just didn't know, but I was trusting him. <laughs> I said, hey, don't do any funny business. Don't take me up and turn the engine off and let's die. I was just fabric. I was just imagining the worst. So, amen. Uh, it was, but it was, a, it was kind of, it was kind of cool. My first, uh, commercial flight, I guess, would, uh, uh, been, uh, when I went, to, I flew out to Denver one time to, um, Helped my brother pack up his stuff. He was coming home from the military, and so we drove. I flew out there. We drove all the way back. So, but but uh, flying is just a fascinating thing to me. And um, you know, in the early days, the pilots they would uh, they look a little bit different now than they did in the early days. If you can, when I say close your eyes and envision a pilot, a lot of us most time have the same image in our minds. There's this iconic uh, this image that that jumps up. At least it does for me. And that is the image of those guys who have the big goggles over their eyes and that white silk scarf just streaming behind. Like whenever we picture somebody flying, when we picture like the Wright brothers, you know, how crazy of a time that would have been. Like, hey, let's get in this thing and see if we can lift it up off the ground. That was that would have been unbelievable to see, not really be a part of, but to uh, see. I don't know if I could have handled being the first tester. You know, let's see if this works. You know, that's, it's actually kind of life-threatening, but let's see if it works. But anyways, we have that iconic image of the the men in those scarves, those silk scarves and those goggles. Um, and to this day, there's been, you know, you travel and you'll find that there are different souvenir designers that still implement this, whether it be on ceramic turtles or teddy bears or something like that. They have the, the brown leather jackets with the iconic, what is it? Peanuts. Oh, yes, yes. Thank you very much, Joanne. I'm learning something new every day, but uh, they had this iconic image. I mean, the scarves and the goggles have become this iconic fashion symbol uh, that we still picture and envision today. But 
you wonder, why is that? Why did they wear the goggles and the scarf? What was the purpose? Why did they do it? You know, and I've never really given it much thought. And I was reading something and it says this, that in that time, in the early days of flying, that the radial engines of those early planes, they were notorious for leaking fuel and oil. And since the pilot sat right behind the engine, if you can kind of put two and two together, you know where I'm going with this, that they, anything that would leak, any fluid that would leak would end up right in their face. And so they used the silk scarves to wipe away the oil or the diesel uh, off of their goggles in mid-flight so they can see, kind of reassuring. Anytime you're flying, you want your pilot to be able to see, right? That's important. <laughs> it's amazing, and it kind of makes all sense. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's, it's, it's cool when you understand how something works, right? It's, it's awesome when you have the understanding, when you know why or how something is. There's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that I misunderstand in life. And I, I Googled funny misunderstandings, just kind of, uh, wondering what some simple things are that I, I, there was, this was a real post on Facebook. This, this woman, she said, I cannot wait, um, until I find out what kind of gender my sister is having. I cannot wait to find out if I'm going to be an aunt or an uncle. <laughs> she don't understand how it works. This the <laughs> Understanding is vital, right? Understanding, it's amazing when you have an understanding because understanding makes all the difference. Uh, yesterday, some of you saw my post on, on Facebook. I, I post every now and then, like I'm still alive. And, uh, and I shared that I was out in a fishing tournament, uh, with my brother. So five hours yesterday, I spent time on a boat trying to act like I knew what I was doing. And uh, I can play the part, buddy. Let me tell you until it comes time to weigh the fish. <laughs> I spent five hours out there and, uh, and I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I grew up like hunting and we were, my dad would take us fishing and different things like that. And we would have, you know, we would go out on the boat. I would go out more for like the boat ride, right? It wasn't really the fish. Like I remember being down at the spillway at, uh, Sunfield over just north of Ducoin and we would catch fish with our hands, fish that are coming down the stairs. Like that's, that was, I guess, fishing to me, but you know, it's just, not something that I just like, Hey, want to go fishing? Like I, I, I enjoyed myself. It was fun, but you know, and I know I'm kind of fooling you come man, That guy looks like an outdoorsman. No, it's not really, not really. Like I hunt for deals at the TJ Maxx and stuff like that. But you know, so I was having a conversation, uh, with my brother in the boat and I was asking him, you know, what makes somebody a good fisherman? Like how hard could it be? Like, I'm literally, and I told him before we got in the boat, I said, it's a bad day to be a fish today, let me tell you, buddy. And I got in the boat like I knew what I was doing. I didn't have a clue. But I said, what, what is so hard? I mean, all you do is just you cast a line as far as you can, and you reel it in. That's it, right? He goes, oh, no, 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 no. At that point, this look on his face, he was looking at me like, this is my partner. <laughs> This is, who I, this is who I partnered up with. 
I told him, I said, buddy, I set that hook so fast, those fish are cross-eyed when you bring them up out of the water. Like, they're just like, they have no idea. And I was talking the talk. I was just trying to just, you know. But he said, no, no, it's way more than that. And it is. It is. I, I've learned that a lot. <laughs> it's, it's, there's a lot to fishing that I don't know about. And we got to talk, and I was like, it's amazing to me. You have all these boats out here and all these people trying to do the same thing, but only one person is going to be able to win. And, and we were going around the lake that day, and most people are like, yeah, I've only caught one. And I'm like, one? I haven't had one bite. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just like, I'm just casting it, and like, I'm just praying. And I did pray. I was like, God, help me. Just catch a fish. Just one fish. And they had a limit, like it was 14 inch. Like you had to, you, your keepers could only be 14 inch. And I told Kyle, I said, I don't care if it's five. I'm bringing this fish in. If I get one fish, I'm going to tell him, if it's seven inch, you better flay that thing open. You have 14 because I'm counting this fish. <laughs> but it's, it's fishing. There's a lot more to it. And when you don't understand how it works, you're going to be like Bryce Jones out on City Lake Kadoo Coin. And I was asking him, what is it? What is it? He said, man, it's, it's knowing what kind of fish you're fishing for. It's, it's knowing what the fish like so you're sure to put the, the right bait on the hook. It's knowing where to cast the line, knowing where the fish like to hang out, knowing how fast or how slow to reel the line in, knowing how to set the hook properly, knowing whether to let your bait sink a little bit after it hits the water or do you immediately reel the fish in. I was telling him this, I mean, my brother promised me he knew what he was doing, yet we probably came in dead last because we quit at like two hours left. Of course, he had a wedding to get to, and I was like, that's all right, man. And I was like, oh, man, I wish I could still fish, but you know what? I'll go back up on the bank, and we'll be just fine. And I was like, thank you. People were like, why didn't you catch your fish? Well, we had to quit early and stuff like that. We left them all out there for you guys. <laughs> That's what, so the, whoever won that, if he's watching right here, you're welcome. You're welcome. We left them in there for you. My brother promised me he knew what he was doing, yet I caught just as many fish as he did. Of course, he probably had his percentages of catching were probably extremely, extremely higher than mine. But that's okay. That's neither here nor there. We're past that, right? My whole point is when you, when you properly understand something, that makes a difference in what you're doing. That makes a difference in how you're operating. Now bring it to a, like a spiritual, uh, to a spiritual aspect. One author said this. He says this. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What pops in your mind when you begin to think about God is the most important thing about us. Let me try to explain what the author is trying to say. He's saying when you think about God, what you think about God will shape everything about you. It will shape how you interact with people. It will shape how it is your relationships operate. It will shape how you uh, uh, interact with your finances. It will literally shape everything about your life. What you think about God. What is your understanding about God? If I believe that God is generous and, about, and, and that he is gracious and kind and loving, then when I think about God, that thought about God shapes my ability to be gracious and generous to others. If I believe on the flip side, however, that God is just constantly disappointed in me, 
every time God looks at me, he's just kind of this retching kind of reaction, like he's just so weary of all my nonsense, then more than likely, we're going to have this kind of low-grade agitation because we're never quite able to live up and we always think that God is upset about us and literally that bleeds into every area of our life. That bleeds into your finances and your relationships and how you handle everything. So to see God properly, to see God correctly, to have him in his correct context in scriptures is to really have the whole of our lives ordered in a way that I would argue is beautiful and is right and is good. When you have an understanding of who he is, when we have the correct understanding of his word, amen, when we see him correctly, things are ordered in such a way that is beautiful and right and precious and good. But to see God wrongly means that we make a mess of things. Even, hear me, with our best intentions. When we tend to think about God, what pops into your mind? Because ultimately that is a big deal. When we have the correct understanding about God, it makes all the difference in the world. There's a passage in Scripture in 1 Samuel that tells a story of an arrangement between David and Jonathan. And they're trying to figure out something about Jonathan's dad. They're trying to figure out, is he, is he furious with David or is he willing to allow him into his life again? So in time, you have a couple of people who are wondering, what is the will of the Father? And so they make this agreement between each other. Jonathan said, I'm going to take this boy, and I'm going to have him go out in the field, and then I'm going to shoot an arrow, and I'm going to make sure that that thing gets over his head. And I'm going to ask the young lad very specifically, is the arrow beyond you? Is it beyond you? And it's very clear when you read the scripture that the only people who knew what was going on was Jonathan and David. The young lad didn't have a clue what was happening. The young boy had no idea what was going on. He didn't understand what was happening. And I want to tell you this morning that not everyone is going to know what's going on in the spirit right now. Not everyone is going to know what's going on in the spirit right now. The Bible lets us know, Paul writes in Corinthians, that we look at things which are seen, but at, we don't look at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. Think about that. We actually look at something that is not seen. So hear me, there is a place in him when you, where you are going to hear what is not being broadcast to the masses. You are going to see some things that is not seen by everybody else. But the Christian already mentioned an election that we're coming up on almost three and a half years ago, actually over three and a half, almost four years ago, 
Donald Trump shocked the world by being voted in as the president of the United States of America. Now, if you go back and look at everything that was going on leading up to this election, it was broadcast and said by everyone, Donald Trump will never be the president of the United States of America. All the way up to the Oval Office where the president, the sitting president, mentioned it himself. That Donald Trump will never be president. Now, I'm not up here getting into politics and I'm not going to promote one political party over the other because I can remember myself being back in 2016 saying, how in the world did this man become the United States president? How in the world did this man get elected as our president to lead this country? But I read something here recently that came from then House Speaker Paul Ryan. And Paul Ryan, he was congratulating President Trump on his election. And this is what he said. Donald Trump heard a voice that no one else heard. Donald Trump heard a voice that no one else heard. And that's why he was elected. There was a voice that was rising up through people groups that felt like they had been overlooked, that felt like they had been looked down upon, and they decided that they were going to make their voice known. And Donald Trump heard the voice that no one else heard. And I just want to say, if that will work for a sitting president, it can work for a church. You're going to have to hear something that's not so obvious. You're going to have to see something that's not so clear. And if you can tap into it, things change. Things change. The arrow was beyond the young man. And so I'm reaching out to the church today. I'm pleading with the church today to stretch yourself a little bit because if there has ever been a time, Brother Bishop, where we needed direction, it is right now. If there's ever been a time where we needed to be spirit-led, it's right now. If there's ever been a time where we needed to hear the voice of God, it's now. The secret to so many was this perfect understanding between Jonathan and David. Do we have the favor or do we have the fury of the Father? Is the arrow past you or not? Listen to me right now. There will be those who do not hear it, but to those of you who are listening right now, you will get an answer to either go back and and be as it was always before, or do we head out into the unknown? And I want to let you know that our answer is ahead of us. It's not behind us and it's not beside us, but it is directly ahead of us. I am convinced that perception is greater than power. Perception is greater than power. The ability to see, hear, or become aware of something is more important than the capacity of power. Think about it. What is it that separates a church from another church? What is it that separates one ministry from another ministry? What is it 
that separates those things. Listen to what Jesus said in our text. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. There is something in the scripture known as the parable of the talents. The Lord gave unto one servant five talents, to another two talents, and to another one. And then he said this, occupy until I come, which meant do business, continue to do business until I come back. So the man goes out with two. We know the parable. The man with two doubled it into four. And the man with five had doubled his into ten. We cannot sit here and say that the man with ten did any more with the man than four. They both had the same amount or uh, they both did what was supposed to. They both doubled what they had possessed. But to the person that was given one, he took it out of his pocket. He blew the dust off of it. There was not a mark on it. And he handed it back over to the Lord to which he responded, you wicked servant. You wicked servant. Be cast out into outer darkness. And then what's interesting to me is that right after that, something took place. The Bible says that he took that talent and he gave it to the man that had more than anybody else. He didn't give it to the man that had four. He gave it to the one who had turned his five into ten. And he says this, For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. There is something in God that you can have. And when you have it, it guarantees you that more will be given because because contrary to popular belief, we believe as a society, there's a lot of people that believe that if I vote for a particular candidate, that this particular candidate is going to pay off all of my school debt. And most of us who use common sense, like, no, we're going to pay off the debt. How many know money don't grow on trees? I have not found that tree. There is a cost for money. And there is something Jesus said, whoever has it more is going to be given in abundance. And whoever doesn't have it, what they do have is going to be taken away and given to the one who has. Listen to me this morning. Our God is not a socialist and he's not a righteous Robin Hood that steals from the rich and gives to the poor. No, 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 no. When you take a step back and you begin to examine and look at the body of Christ and all the churches that are in it, churches that are blessed, they just keep getting more blessed. And churches that are not blessed are still stuck in yesterday. What is it then that we can get a hold of that if we've got it, we can have more of it? 
Listen, I'm not up here trying to confuse anybody and preach some myth to you. I'm not up here trying to do that. This is what it says later on in that chapter. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understand it not, then cometh the wicked one and catches away that which was sown into his heart. This is he, if you remember, that receives seed by the wayside. You remember the parable of the sower? The sower of the seed, he sowed the seed, and some of it found uh, hard ground, and there was stony ground, there was thorny ground, there was, and there was a fourth type of soil, though, that produced a great harvest. And you gotta remember context here. Jesus is just at the beginning of his ministry. And so he's trying not to be so blatantly obvious about his plans. And he's doing this so that the Pharisees will not take up arms against him so quickly. And so when he was done teaching this parable, all of the religious people were gone. And the disciples moseyed over to him. They say, what were you talking about? What, what, were, what, is, what was that? You ever been in a conversation like, well, what? Like they explain something to people like, what? They go over. And Jesus said this. He said, the seed is the word of God. And the field is the world. And he said, there are people that are like the path. You put seed on that path and the birds come, they pick it up and they take it away. That's what he said when he taught the lesson. But when he taught the revelation of the lesson, he said, if you're that kind of person, you don't have any understanding and the enemy can come, can come and snatch that seed of the word, which was supposed to get down into the crevice of your spirit. But because you didn't have any understanding, it was stolen. It was stolen. We talked about the testimony of the Apostle Paul this morning. The testimony of the Apostle Paul, Acts chapter 9, Paul's on the road to Damascus, and you know the story that the Lord showed up, kicked him right out of his escalade, and he said, hey, buddy, you're on my team now. And there was a bright line shown, blinding him for three days. And so, okay, the Bible says that there was a bright light, heard a voice. This is what the men who was with Paul, they stood speechless and they said, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. Years later, Paul, Acts chapter 22, Paul stands before King Agrippa, and he's telling Agrippa his testimony. Because that's what you do when you have an opportunity to speak to somebody. You tell them your testimony. He's standing before King Agrippa, and he's, and he's recounting the story of what happened. And he says this, he told the king, that the men were with him and saw indeed the light, and they were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. Acts chapter 9 says they heard a voice. Acts 22 said they heard not the voice. It doesn't make any sense until you look at it in the original language. This all makes perfect sense because the original language puts great emphasis on understanding what they heard. They heard something in chapter 9. But it was like they were on the edge of a conversation just trying to make out what was being said. They could hear the muffles of something that was taking place, but they didn't understand the word. 
So that's how you reconcile these two verses. They heard something, but they couldn't make out exactly what it was. They didn't understand what was being said. And that's what Jesus was teaching us in Matthew 13. And it's so important. What is he teaching? He's teaching us that if you don't understand the times, if you don't understand what is being preached to you today, then the enemy can come in and steal the word like a bird that's gathering up seed on the sidewalk. I want to remind you today that what you have is important. That what you have is precious. But if you don't understand the value of what it is you have, the wicked one can come in and take it at his leisure. Stolen seed. So the thing that is so important right now in this hour is God help us to understand. Help us to understand what's going on. Our prayer is Jesus give us understanding. What is it that Jesus is trying to teach us in Matthew 13? What is the it that if we get it, it guarantees that we have continued favor? of God that we have continued favor in our life and have a more blessed future the answer is simple ladies and gentlemen understand I don't know about you but if COVID has taught us anything it's that we shouldn't take for granted the times that we have the privilege that it is to gather in this place and hear the preach word of God what a privilege it is because this is an opportunity to hear his voice Every Sunday and every Wednesday, there is seed that is being sown, that is meant for your heart. Every time you open up your Bible, there is seed that is being sown, that is meant to get down in the crevice of your spirit. But far too often, the seed is stolen because there's no understanding. Sometimes, if we're not careful, there's this casual approach to God. And we're just satisfied with that we showed up. God is speaking. God is speaking. God's trying to show you something. God's trying to help you understand. Because when we don't understand, when we come to church in our lukewarm state, feeling like we are in need of nothing, when we approach God throughout the week with a casual spirit, we saw right We heard a voice, but we didn't know what it's, we didn't understand. Stolen seed. What our music comes. The men stood speechless. They heard a voice. They couldn't make out what it was. And they got to the place where they were satisfied with the mumbles. We're satisfied with being on the outside of the conversation. We're just satisfied with the fact that we were there. No, we don't really understand what's happening, but we did hear sound. Jesus said this. He said, anyone who hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then comes the wicked one. 
catches away that which was sown in his heart. I wonder how many times we have exited this place having been robbed and we don't even know it. I wonder how many times the seed has been thrown our way only to have the wicked one come and steal it away. How different could our walk and relationship be with God if the seed that was meant for our heart had found its way to it, but instead it was stolen away? How different could your relationship be with God? How many times have we walked out of here and we left gifts just right at the altar? We left seed just right there. Because we didn't understand. We didn't care to know. We didn't care to understand that we were just satisfied. I was here. Would you stand with me this morning? You remember what Solomon prayed for after he assumed the throne of David? What did he ask for? Here's what he asked for. He said, God, give me an understanding spirit to judge thy people so that I can discern between good and evil. Give me an understanding heart. The next verse says that that speech pleased the Lord. What's amazing is the very next verse, if you know the verse, he said, because you have not asked of riches, you didn't ask of any of these, you didn't ask for the life of your enemies. You didn't ask for all that. You didn't ask for wealth, popularity. But he said, I'm going to give you an understanding spirit, but also all of these other things that you didn't have. And it fulfills what Jesus was teaching in Matthew 13. To him who has shall be given if you have it more is going to be given to you what is the it Bryce understanding it's understanding I didn't just hear your voice I didn't just hear a sound I understood what the voice was saying Yesterday, we didn't even come close to placing in that fishing tournament. (laughs) Not even close. Because in order to do that, you have to actually catch a fish. You have to have something to turn in. How is it that we're, there were people out there fishing the exact same fishes, uh, lake as we were, having a fishing pole that was exactly like mine, doing the same thing that I was doing? How is it that they were successful and Bryce was not? I'll tell you the reason. Understanding. I want to tell you, we're all fishing the same lake today. We're all in the same lake doing the same thing. But there are those who understand and want more of understanding and those who are just satisfied with I'm here. 
Ladies and gentlemen, there is something more important than winning a fishing tournament. There is something more important than understanding how fish operate. I believe today that our souls are on the line. To me, this is heaven or hell. I know you hear it, but do you understand? The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Stolen seed is the first step. He's trying to steal the word that's meant for your spirit. His disciples asked him, what are you talking about? Why do you tell stories? And I want to read to you what Jesus said, his response. And I'm going to read it out of the message version to draw out a little bit more. He says this, you've been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works. Not everybody has this gift, this insight. It hasn't been given to them. Whenever someone has a ready heart for this, the insights and the understandings flow freely. But if there is no readiness, any trace of receptivity soon disappears. Jesus said, that's why I tell stories. To create readiness to nudge people toward receptive insight because in their present state they can stare till doomsday and not see it they can listen until they're blue in the face and not get it and then he goes on to say he said I don't want the forecast of what Isaiah said repeated all over again where he said your ears are open but you don't hear a thing your eyes are awake but you don't see a thing the hearts of this people have grown dull they stick their fingers in their ears so they won't have to listen they screw their eyes shut so they won't have to look so they won't have to deal with me face to face and let me heal them Do you understand what it is that's taking place right now? I was praying just here recently. I said, God, give me a word. God, give me a word. I need a fresh word. I need a word. And late last night, he just impressed upon me. I've already given you a word. I've already given you a word. Here's my voice. This is his voice. This is the seed that's being sown that's meant for your heart. But if you don't understand it, there's an enemy that is flying and circling around ready to snatch up the seed, steal it away from you. Jesus goes on to say, and I love this. He said, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear for verily i say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard him do you understand what it is that we have do you understand what it is that is going forth right now god give me a word i already have he said, I got 66 books of them. I got a word. I'd ask you this morning, as they begin to play and sing, we used to say the altar's open. 
But I want to tell you that your altar is open right now. Your altar is open. And I'm asking you, could you just take a little bit of time here this morning and seek out the direction of the Holy Ghost to spend time and try to hear His voice because God is speaking. I would ask you, can you do that right now? Can you kneel at your seat? If you want to pray standing, you can pray standing however you want to do it. But I would ask you, would you seek after his face in this place? Would you incline your ear to hear, make your prayer? God, give me understanding of what is being said. Give me understanding, God. Withholding nothing. Come on, find a place to pray right now. We got plenty of time. We got plenty of time this morning. But I believe that the presence of the Lord is in this place. God's trying to speak a word to you. God's trying to show you something. God's trying to give you understanding. Come on, don't let the seed be stolen from you today. Don't let the seed be stolen from you today. God, give me a word. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.